we are just now as a community of people starting to understand how trauma not only impacts the person, you know, the whole person, the student, the adult, but how it impacts their education and how they're learning and how they're thriving and it impacts their life and their development. We're just now learning the impacts of those things. And so we need to prioritize the education around that for teachers and also for students. They need to be able to understand when they're hiding and if they're hiding, what do they do about it? If they feel like they're super angry or super frustrated and they're in the red zone or they're they're in the yellow zone, giving them the tools and strategies to self-regulate and to be able to bring themselves back into the green zone. We have to prioritize those types of, of, of things, those types of educational activities and those types of educational lessons to give these kids. Welcome to Through the Eyes of Trauma, an inner ear agency production, where we engage in discussions regarding the impact that childhood trauma has on education, life, and living. This podcast seeks to help listeners realize the widespread impact of trauma, recognize how it is impacting the students, adults, and families, respond in a way that facilitates healing, and to actively resist re-traumatization. Join us as we tackle the hard conversations, but give tools and strategies to help you cope and begin your journey towards regulation by healing first and educating always. To receive professional development, consulting, and childhood trauma intervention services, please visit us at innerearagency.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-E-A-R-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. Let's get into the conversation. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Through the Eyes of Trauma with me, Dr. Smith. And today our topic is trauma in the halls. Our essential question is how does trauma show up in the halls of a school building and what should be done about it? This episode seeks to explain to our listeners how trauma doesn't just affect students, but also can affect teachers, creating an environment of stress and anxiety that can be difficult to navigate. And so the reason why I want to talk about this is just because there has been an uptick of um, just videos of teachers being assaulted by students and then students assaulting teachers. And just vice versa, just a lot of aggression in the classroom, a lot of aggression in the hallways between um, what's supposed to be, you know, a person of authority and the students that they're responsible for. And it, it just came to my mind that not only, you know, I talk a lot about advocating for students and also advocating for teachers to be equipped to handle students who have been exposed to trauma, but we rarely talk about the trauma that the educators and the adults in the building also go through just because of the environment that they're in um, with students who are dealing with so many things, so many environmental traumas, so many things that are going on in their own homes. And so trauma in the halls of a school can take many forms. You know, for students, it may be the result of bullying, discrimination, or violence. And then for teachers, it may be the result of working in an environment that is constantly changing, that's unpredictable, or dealing with students who are struggling with their own traumas, that vicarious trauma that I talked about um, last season. 
Teachers, though, may also experience trauma from personal experiences outside of the school, which can affect their ability to function at work. And so they're dealing with their own traumas, whether it be in their home or with their own families and things that they experience. And then they have to come to school and are supposed to stand up in front of the kids and deliver, you know, make engaging lessons um, and just do things for students who are also going through trauma. So when trauma meets trauma, then there's just an explosion of, of really heightened um, energy in the classroom, right? And then when those things happen, we get things like uh, students assaulting teachers because they don't know how to, one, regulate themselves, and unregulated adults cannot regulate an unregulated child. And so that just becomes a recipe for disaster. And so as we've learned, reactions to trauma look like many different things. In some children, it may appear like they have an attention issue, but in others, they may appear to be lazy or resistant or extremely aggressive. But really, they have been experiencing so much trauma that this is just the response that happens in the classroom. And then if the adult in the classroom has experienced trauma and they're, you know, not able to come and present their best self when they come to the classroom, when if they come to the classroom extremely heightened because of something that happened in their own personal lives and then they're trying meets um, the student's trauma then what's going to be done about what is what do we have what tools do we have what strategies do we have in the classroom to do something about it and that's what I want to talk about today just because kids come to school heightened so much and you know when I was in the school system the first thing that I would do when welcoming the kids into the school building is just kind of check, you know, the zone of regulation that they're in. Like if they're they're in a, a good mood, if they're happy, if they seem to be frustrated or angry, then I stop them right there. You know, me and my partner teacher, we would stop them and just do a quick, you know, hey, have a good day. Um you look like, you know, looking like yourself today. What's going on? Is there something that we could do just to try to get them back to a green zone so that they can be in a thinking brain when they go to their classrooms and there's not this explosion that's happening because of the trauma that they're bringing from home. And so you could walk down the halls of the school in the morning and you can already see the trauma that's there. You could see students crying or students just sad or they're angry. And I mean, it's like 730 in the morning and it's like, what must have happened to you before getting to school? where you are this upset and you're this angry. And I had a student one time, it wasn't my student necessarily in my classroom, but they were in the hallway and they were in, walked into the restroom crying. And I was like, baby, what's wrong? And she just kept saying, my dad keeps calling me stupid. My dad woke me up and was like, you're so stupid. Get your stupid self up, get dressed and go to school. And I'm like, if somebody is pouring this into this child, how is she supposed to come into the, the school building and then walk down the hallway and go to class and put on her best self? you know, present her best self to her teacher and a thinking brain to her teacher that says, I'm here and I'm ready to learn when all morning long, your parent has continued to call you stupid. And it's those types of things. But if a teacher is having a bad morning and they get to school and, and the student is in their class and they're upset and they're crying, a, a heightened teacher might be like, if you don't stop crying, I'm gonna kick you out of here. Or I'm gonna send you to the counselor or I'm gonna, you know, send you to the assistant principal. And it's just because we're not 
understanding or we're not really identifying just the different things, the different traumas that show up in the halls of the school. You know, if you see a student, um, for those of you who are educators or even for parents, if you see a student who exhibits um, lethargy or they have other psychosomatic symptoms, so they're always complaining of a stomach ache or always complaining of a, of a headache, you have to be curious and say, why do they keep complaining of, the, of these things? Or why is this person showing up and always tired? There has to be something going on. You know, because we have to figure out how can we best support these students and not only the students, but as administrators, how can you best support the teacher? Right. Because teachers also go through the the trauma and sometimes it will show in teachers. It may look like absenteeism, like you're always having teachers calling out for mental health days. Well, if they're always calling out for mental health day, that means there's something that they're needing that they're not getting. They need some type of support. And if they don't ask for it, how are you going to show up and give it to them? Right. What if they have increased distraction, like they're not able to to fulfill tasks that are given to them or they avoid um, other administrators or they avoid other co-workers or they're not going into the teacher's lounge or they're not just communicating with their co-teachers because they're avoiding them. You know, those are signs to check in on those teachers and try to support them. If they have multiple accidents at work or they have um, a lack of motivation or always irritable with co-workers. You know, I worked with um, a lady and, and she was the sweetest thing. When I first started working with her, she was such a sweet person. And then towards the end of our time working together, she was just always irritated with other coworkers. You know, we would be in, in um, staff meetings and there was always the eye rolling and the huffing and the puffing and just increased conflict with other teachers and students, always in conflict with students, always in conflict with, with other teachers, always in conflict with parents. There was always something. And that to me is the red flag. Like there is something going on. There is some type of um, either trauma or there's some type of support that is needed that this person is not necessarily asking for um, with their words, but they're asking for with their behavior. And the thing is, if we don't pay attention um, as administrators or as, you know, uh, co-teachers with people, if you don't pay attention to your co-teachers or to your staff's um just to the signs and symptoms of, that they have trauma or that they need support, then they're going to be hurt people hurting people because these hurt teachers will go in there and they will begin to damage and re-traumatize students that are in their care. And that's only because they're not getting the support that they need. So in turn, the kids are not getting the support that they need. And so we have to figure out how can we not only identify the trauma that's in the hallways, but how can we support the students and how can we support the teachers and other um, staff members through the traumas and, and through the difficulties that they're seeing and through the stressful times? Because sometimes it's not necessarily trauma, but it's toxic stress that they're always receiving. And how can you support those people, right? When we talk about trauma in the halls of a school, it's important to remember that it affects everyone in the community. Students who are traumatized may, may still struggle with academic performance, relationships, and their overall mental health. And then teachers who are traumatized may, may struggle with burnout, um, compassion fatigue, and their ability to cope with or to connect with students. So what can we do to balance the community with healing and education so that the school can be a safe and supporting environment? Well, for one, you have to identify the stressors, identify the triggers, identify the trauma and the toxic stress that's that's 
um, there that's showing up. And when you do that, you recognize that that trauma is a, a real and pervasive issue that affects everyone in the school community. This means creating a culture of empathy and understanding when, where everyone is encouraged to share their experiences and feelings in a safe and non-judgmental space. And when you allow them to do that, then the healing can begin. And then secondly, we need to provide resources for those who are struggling with trauma. You know, this could include counseling services, not just for students, but also for staff. Um, a lot of districts uh, give you, I think, six to seven uh, six to seven days where you can speak with a counselor, a mental health um, professional, and it doesn't even have to be the same issue. So it's six or seven per issue. So if it's an issue with a child, one of your personal children that's an issue if it's an issue you have with a spouse and you need to seek mental health services then that's a, another issue um, where you have six to seven sessions and so re, you know look for those types of things providing support groups in the halls or in the schools and trauma-informed training for teachers and staff and that's what the inner ear agency focuses on just bringing trauma-informed training for teachers so that they ha feel like they have that support and they feel like they have those tools and strategies that they need to reach and to heal and balance the classroom environment so that they're able to get their kids into the thinking brain and are able to make sure that there's growth happening with their students. And then by providing these resources, we can help students and teachers alike feel supported and validated in their experiences. And then finally, we need to prioritize education around trauma and its effects. Like we are just now as a community of people starting to understand how trauma not only impacts the person, you know, the whole person, the student, the adult, but how it impacts their education and how they're learning and how they're thriving and it impacts their life and their development. We're just now learning the uh, impacts of those things. And so we need to prioritize the education around that for teachers and also for students. They need to be able to understand when they're hiding and if they're hiding, what do they do about it? If they feel Feel like they're super angry or super frustrated and they're in the red zone and they're, they're in the yellow zone, giving them the tools and strategies to self-regulate and to be able to bring themselves back into the green zone. We have to prioritize those types of, of, of things, those types of educational activities and those types of educational lessons to give these kids. This can include incorporating trauma-informed practices into the curriculum, right? Teaching the students and staff about the signs and symptoms of of trauma and creating opportunities for open dialogue around these issues. When we do that, then we're giving the students, we're giving the, the staff those tools and strategies to be able to balance the classroom so that healing is taking place, but also the education is taking place, right? They're developmentally thriving um, academically, but they're also developmentally thriving socially and emotionally. And that is key. That is key. When we can do both things in the halls of these schools, then trauma can't take over, right? The education and the healing has to take over. And so you have to set in your mind that my organization or my school is going to be a school where healing and education take place simultaneously. It can't be all about the standards, right? The standards are absolutely important. But if a student walks into the halls of a school and trauma fills the halls, and then the teachers walk in the halls of the school and trauma continues to fill the halls, there is no thinking brain, which means the teacher is not thinking about engaging activities to provide for students. The teachers are not thinking about differentiated lessons to provide for students. They're not thinking about tools and strategies that they can give the students because they are in a survival brain. You know, teachers right now, 
just the things that the kids are doing, they are out of control. And I am one of those people who, you know, recently left education and I left because I felt like I had a greater calling on the outside of the system than inside with being able to provide trauma informed practices. But for those people who are left behind, my heart breaks for those people, right? Because people are leaving, not because, you know, they feel like they can find a better job. Some people love education and they love teaching. They want to teach. They feel like that's a calling. But what is not a calling is being abused, not only from the students, but being abused by the parents or being abused by their administration if they feel like they're in a bully situation with their administration. And those things are happening right now, you know. And so trauma continues to fill the halls of this school of the schools. And so if we do not, for one, prioritize these things and provide healing, provide the education of trauma, provide the knowledge of the impacts that trauma has, then our teachers are going to continue to leave and our students are going to continue to feel like they have the upper hand and they're allowed to act up and they, because they have they don't know anything better. They don't know how to respond when they're heightened. They don't know how to, when they're in a survival brain, use tools and use strategies to, to self-regulate and to get back into a thinking brain so that they can learn. And it's our job as educators, it's our job as adults in the building to be the ones to give them the to- tools and strategies and not only give it to them, but be able to have some that we can use ourselves, right? We have to practice what we preach and be able to model using those tools and using those strategies. And so I just wanted to come on here real quick and just give a, a quick talk about the trauma that is in the halls. Teachers, I see you, you know, administrators, I see you, I feel your pain. I understand what you are going through. And I know that this is a tough time. And and although it may not get better, right? But with tools and strategies, we'll be able to do hard better. And we'll be able to show up and be well and, and do the those hard things that we have to do um, in a better way or in a better manner because we have the tools and strategies. And with that, I'm going to leave you with the through the eyes of trauma takeaways. Trauma in the halls of a school affects everyone in the community. So we need to, number one, start by creating a culture of empathy and understanding. Number two, provide resources for those who are struggling. And number three, heal first and prioritize education around trauma always so that we can create a safe and supportive environment that promotes healing and academic success. Thank you so much for listening. And if you or your organization is in need of trauma-informed and resilience-focused practices, please visit us at innerearagency.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-E-A-R-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.